bleak childhood spent in the great British countryside is something many of us raised in rural communities take for granted. But for thousands of urban children around the UK, it's something they've never had the chance to experience. On this week's Over the Farmgate podcast, we're looking at those opening up their farms to city kids. Don't forget we'll bring you a new episode of the podcast every Friday, so make sure you're subscribed on your favourite platform. Jess Fredenberg has been finding out more on why sharing the countryside with children can be so rewarding. For some of the UK's children, the chance to run wild and free in a big grassy field or take in a beautiful view is a far-off dream, with their access to nature severely limited. Thanks, though, to the Country Trust and their band of farmers across the country, thousands of deprived urban children are getting out on farm and into the countryside. Later on, we'll be speaking with Mary Hext, Farm Discovery Manager at the Trust, about the impact of this on children. First, though, mixed and regenerative farmer Michael Gent from Northamptonshire sent me this voice note about what it's like to host children on his farm. Hello, my name is Michael Gent and I'm a mixed farmer from Oundle, Northamptonshire. I've been working with the Country Trust for around four years now. Um, first of all, as a coordinator and a farm host, and then I've become a trustee, but I still host many farm visits um, and absolutely love doing so. We use different elements to help them discover the connection um, between what they eat, their own health and the health of the planet. And that's what we're aiming for. We link this all to their current curriculum um, and it enables children to understand this further. The, the work they're doing in the classroom, they can actually link it to what we're doing on the farm and to practical um, experiences and what they see. Generally, the reactions to the farm are quite awesome um, and we never get tired of it. Um, we do things like we feed the animals and learn about how we care for them and how it's best to care for them. Um, we plant seeds and we link this to what food is produced um, and how much food is produced from a certain number of seeds or from a certain area of a field. Um, and we generally get as creative as possible using materials from nature and make them into things like bracelets or pictures. Um, but mainly the biggest hit is the animals and it's feeding them and um, having a look at the various types. And we just have a big discussion about um, what they're here for and how we go about um, looking after them over the year. Um, and yeah, some of the questions that come up are, are really, really great. Um, and certainly they wouldn't be asking these questions if they weren't on on a farm looking at them there and then. We have um, we have lots of memorable moments when uh, when children are on site. Um, the first one was early early in my time as a farm host. We had a group who who came off the bus, and what we tend to do is ask them once they're off the bus and they put their bags down is to close their eyes as a group and listen to the noises. And there were the cows in the background just making quite a bit of noise. Um, and we asked the children while they had their eyes closed to put their hand up and and tell us what noise that was and for us it was quite clearly a cow but um we had sheep we had goat we had lots of different crazy answers but this purely just just symbolizes that they so many children don't have access to the countryside and stuff that we take for granted and when we said it was a cow and they went to show them the cow we went through the life cycle they were really in awe um the other thing that strikes home is we um we often give them a field to run in and just just literally run in an open field something we take for granted every day again 
and the excitement and uh, enjoyment they get from saying, right, here's a field. If you run up to the top, I'll give you a race up to the top of the field because they don't have a lot of them access to such open space where they can just keep running and running and running in a safe place. So that always hits home. And we also did a, during COVID, we did some virtual um, tours of the farm um, with some children with special educational needs. And again, that was really, really rewarding because you could directly see the impact you were having walking around the cattle shed and the sheep shed and the chickens. And um, it was it was pretty amazing. At the end of the day, why should anybody be restricted to the open countryside? Uh, as farmers, we are just stewards um, of the land and we need to ensure everybody understands where their food comes from um, to sustain the future of farming and ultimately to help the public tap into the health benefits of getting into an open countryside. It is proven to help reduce anxiety and increase satisfaction and you know it can help a child access a completely different way of learning in their curriculum and linking their classroom studies into practical ways. Um, a lot of children will be able to um, recall things that happened on that day on the farm that can then link to their classwork far easier than if they're sat at a table. Um, all children learn so differently. Uh, and so it's a really, really useful tool. When we do our visits, we always link back to a farmer's way of life and their culture. Um, so we always say that the farm and its land is the office and it's not just a nine to five day and we try to link it to maybe their parents, their carers work to, to try and compare. Um, we say this is where my father lived and my grandfather, my great grandfather in the farmhouse and maybe this is where my great great grandfather planted this woodland and then my great grandfather planted this bit of woodland and then my grandfather passed to this bit and we try and link as much as possible um, to the culture and, and our heritage. It is absolutely awesome um, to host children on our farm because of awe and wonder that the children um, get. At the end of the day, we do so much to care for animals and the environment whilst pro providing um, sustainable food. Um, and the more we can show this off, um, the better, especially to the next generation. If anyone's out there who's considering doing farm visits, then I would urge them 100% to do it, especially through the Country Trust, because you effectively have somebody to hold your hand and steer the ship if you're somebody who maybe isn't as confident with children and tours. Um, especially if you're a, um, a regen farmer, um, we've got to show the next generation the amazing things we're doing to reduce inputs, um, to increase our soil's resilience and reduce our carbon footprint. And we need to get the word out there that farmers are the key and not the problem in all of this. So if you're sitting here thinking, shall I do it, shan't I? Give the Country Trust a, a call. Um, because they will steer you in the right way um, and make sure that you have a really enjoyable, well-run visit. And hopefully you will leave going, I'm going to do loads, loads more. That was Michael Gent. And now let's hear more about the Country Trust and the impact its farmers are having on children's lives. I'm joined by Mary Hext from the Trust. 
Mary, thanks for coming on the Farmer's Garden podcast. Can you please tell us a little bit about the Country Trust and what are the different programmes that you have going on to help engage children in farming? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, We are a leading national educational charity and we connect children from high areas of from sorry from areas of high social and economic disadvantage with the land that sustains us all so we act as a bridge that connects disadvantage primarily urban children um, from primary schools with food farming and the countryside through our four programs so that's farm visits um, food discovery sessions which we go into schools we do cooking growing playground markets um, and residential experiences and we also have our farm in a box program that was developed over lockdown when we couldn't get children out to farms that connect children to farmers and farmers to children within their classrooms we have 40 coordinators who deliver farm visits um, and they've each probably got at least between 10 and 15 host farmers that they work with okay so it's a it's quite a quite a substantial network then isn't it yeah Yeah. Yeah. do you you know roughly how many children you're working with every year we aim to work with about 20,000 children um, but we've got quite an ambitious five-year plan um, where we hope to grow this to 120,000 children in the next five years wow Um, that's that's quite amazing so what what sorts of things do the children do on farm with the farmers what you know if you were a farmer um hosting what would you likely be doing okay so we work with our host farmers so we've got host farmers with a variety of experience with working with children um the children tend to arrive around 10 o'clock um they have a bit of a health and safety briefing and then depending on each farm every single farm is unique every single farm has got a different story to tell and every farmer has got a different passion Um, So we engage with the farmers with their stories to tell hands-on learning experiences to bring the countryside and farming alive for the children that we work with. Um, It might involve going to see animals, it might involve walking through crops. Um, Everything we do is to give children the proper experience of what a real working farm is and so they can gain in confidence, be curious, and make connections with the farmers and learn everything about where their food comes from on that particular farm. Uh, I'm guessing this is maybe the first time a lot of them have been on a farm, is it? Yes, yes, very much so. Um, many of the children haven't left, left the suburbs in which they live. Um, many of the children we work with, their experience of life goes from home to school and the corner shop rather than even the bigger supermarkets further down the road. So um, sometimes we deal with many firsts. So many visits have so many first experiences. The first time they've seen a big green open space, the first time they've trodden in mud, the first time they felt the weather, whether that's hot or cold. Um, And so we have to scaffold our visits so those children feel supported um, and are able to learn um, in their brand new environment that that might seem really really scary to them at first but it's amazing to watch children throughout the day from getting off the bus the sort of shy wows and oh where am I to gaining in confidence to chatting with the farmer to running alongside the farmer in the fields um, asking questions being curious and 
hands-on getting to explore their environment that they're in. Gosh, it, it makes me feel quite emotional actually listening to you <laughs> talk about that. You know, I think anybody who works in the countryside kind of probably takes that green space for granted. It's incredible to think that some children have never, like you said, never even experienced stepping in mud or, or seeing a green space. That's yeah. It's quite incredible, isn't it? It is. And it's it's not just the children. Sometimes it's the teachers. Sometimes it's the parents who've never seen that space as well. Um, we often have a number of plans in our pocket for visit because sometimes the children really surprise us with really well prepared and loads and loads of questions for us, um, which we absolutely love. But some children um, just standing and listening, um, lying on the floor, looking up at the tree canopy. Um, we've had some children say, I feel alive now I'm here. Wow, um, gosh. I've I've had year six children who are 10 and 11 just completely be absorbed by a massive puddle. Um, and we've almost had to go down the length of swimming lessons because this massive puddle is so exciting for them. Um, but equally, the experience of... So I've had some children say, I don't understand the point of this big green space. Why is it here? Why don't we just build on it? We need more houses. Why don't we just extend the city and build on it? And the realisation of we're all connected to this land. This land sustains us. This is where our food comes from. Um, no matter who we are, this green space is important to us. It promotes that greater sense of connection, the greater sense of agency. It promotes well-being um, in the children that we work with and also our farmers, the connections that they get, the smiles that they have on their faces at the end of the day when the children they're waving the children off in the bus um is phenomenal and it's it's why we do what we do i bet i bet and it's it's quite interesting you saying um you know that some children have said they feel alive for the first time and, and things like that i mean it's quite sad actually to to think of that you know that that's the first time they are feeling like that but it, it also kind of suggests that that feeling that sort of connection to landscape and nature is just so innate even if you've spent 10 years living in a city and and never really experienced it it's a real deep kind of thing isn't it yeah yeah definitely I mean there are some children who are very nervous and do stay very nervous and we do accept that it's not everybody's thing um and just because we absolutely love the countryside, it doesn't mean that everybody should love the countryside. But it is important that we we understand it and we know that we're participants in the countryside, whether we want to be or not. Um, definitely, I mean, who doesn't get fun out of running into a big green space in a big field or being absorbed in nature and just breathing in the different smells? And it's, it's a very sensory experience as well, which which obviously does help um the enjoyment um of it all what well, what about um beauty because the theme of of today one of the themes of today is is beauty and um i think maybe we don't talk about the role that beauty surrounding us can have in terms of our well-being and just general enjoyment of life and a space you know how do you think the natural beauty plays into your visits and how the children 
you know, how do the children react to that when they see like an amazing view, for example, or a beautiful, I don't know, bank of wild flowers or something like that? I think one of the best things about our visits is the things that we take for granted, you suddenly see through somebody else's eyes. Um, to have a group of children who would might be quite challenging or rowdy or boisterous suddenly stopped in their tracks because they've seen something amazing and they're bubbling with words that they want to tell you about what they've seen, whether it's the carpet of beautiful autumnal leaves or the, the vivid green against the blue of a beautiful summer's day. Um, there's beauty in everything to do with farms and the landscape that surrounds us. Um, and to be able to experience it through children makes us more aware of of what it does for people. Um, sometimes they don't have the language to describe the beauty of it. Um, one teacher said to me, a, a, child, a children can't, she tried to do a piece of creative writing about walking through a countryside or walking through a woodland, and the children weren't able to use the language to describe how beautiful it was. Having come on a visit and having immersed themselves to smell it, to touch it, to feel it, to stamp on the leaves, to squelch in the mud, suddenly their vocabulary enabled them to describe it. And their writing that they got from it just showed how much they appreciated the beauty of, of where they'd been. Yeah. Why do you think... Um you know how how do you think this this kind of thing can influence people as they grow up as well um particularly in terms of their understanding of the countryside their understanding of food um of what farmers do you know how how can it sort of influence that do you think going ahead and and does just maybe one visit does it have that impact or i don't know do the children come back or my dream is that we work with schools so a child can visit lots of different types of farms throughout their life in school. Where possible, we like to show them several different farms. We have a visit per class per year, but if they were to see a range of farms through the seven years at primary school, I feel that that would really help children to understand. Food is central to culture, isn't it? We all eat. The landscape is central to us because it's where the food comes from. There's family histories ingrained in, in there. But farmers are also vital to water, to biodiversity, to the air we breathe, to life itself. However the land is used or the, the land is used to produce our food, our food choices shape it. So I think it's really important that we're connected to it. If we can just show children and they can learn through exploring and their own hands-on experiences, if that can link to potential choices they make or how they eat or the lack of food waste then I feel we've done our job we're starting to do a lot more evaluation on the longer term impact of how a farm visit um, works um, and the evaluations we're getting from teachers so far is it's not just one day I mean if I think back to my school my schooling and my education I can't remember what every page of every textbook said or every um, every day in the classroom, I can remember most of the visits that I did with school because those memories have stuck with me. The other thing I think our visits are really important to do is they play a huge part in educating teachers who then have an influence on the children. So 
if we can help teachers who often, because they teach in inner city or more urban settings, don't have a connection with the landscape themselves or with the countryside themselves, if we can help sculpt what they're telling the children, that has an impact for this year class, for next year's class and for all the other children that they teach as well. It, it sounds it sounds um, like an amazing programme, Mary. Are you looking for more farmers? <laughs> <laughs> We're always looking for more farmers, different kinds of farmers. And particularly at the moment with, with cost of living crisis, the cost of, of transport for schools to get out to the farms is a challenge. We're desperately looking for farmers who are on the periphery of urban areas if we can We've got a number of farms now that we can walk children to. And again, that's added benefit that the children can access that in the future. Um, and they understand how footpaths work and how they can take their family out. Um, any kind of farm. And farmers often say to me, I've only got a milking parlour or a yard or I've only got a field of wheat. It's not interesting. <laughs> For children to see wheat, to be in a field of wheat, to run through a field of maize, to be in a milking parlour, to see how cows are milked and where stand where the cows stand is such an amazing experience of linking the the farm all the way through to their plate it's it's absolutely essential and i would encourage any farmers who are interested um to get in touch our coordinators are really experienced at bringing every kind of farm alive advising farmers on on what they need to have to make a visit safe um and how a visit would work and they're there to to help farmers we attend every single visit we book the visits in um, and also for farmers um, if they are applying for mid-tier or higher tier countryside stewardship in the next tranche in 2023 there's an add-on of ed1 which is an educational access grant where they can claim 309 pound per visit um, to have children on their farm and connect with the next the next generation the future buyers of their food um and understand understand a bit more about each other thank you to michael mary and to jez ahead of the new year farmers guardians latest edition is celebrating new beginnings but we'll also be taking a look back at 2022 and what an extraordinary year it has been from the Ukraine war and its impact on input costs to the political chaos that we've seen here in the UK and how that has impacted farmers. In our Scottish edition, we'll also be taking a look at the candidates for the NFUS elections. But that's it for this week and for this year on Over the Farmgate. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you very much for listening in 2022. Have a wonderful new year and we'll see you in 2023.